The Whitmore sisters are a duo made up of Eleanor and Bonnie Whitmore, two sisters who have both made incredible careers for themselves in the music industry. Older sister Eleanor is half the duo, the Mastersons, with her husband Chris. She has also toured with Steve Earle for years and worked with Brandi Carlile and Shooter Jennings on the recent album by Tanya Tucker called While I'm Living. Bonnie is an accomplished musician herself living in Austin, Texas, and has worked with artists like Hayes Carl, Jimmy Dale Gilmore, and Aaron Lee Tashan, just to name a few. They recently teamed up to record an album together, and it sounds phenomenal. I had a chance to chat with them about the album. I hope you dig it. Both of you guys have uh, such incredible careers and you've accomplished so much uh, individually. And uh, I was wondering if you could just kind of start off and, and give us a little bit of background on um, uh, just kind of go one at a time and uh, talk about um, your, your careers and what you've done and all that sort of stuff. And um, maybe um, uh, Eleanor, you could start with us. Um, well, our parents started us on instruments pretty young. I started playing the violin at five and um, studied all the way through high school and college. And um, even though I'm classically trained, our dad is a folk singer. And so we kind of were always playing by ear and playing a lot of um, like folk and country music. And um, he would cover a lot of like Beatles and um, Bob Dylan and stuff. And um, I don't know, I guess I have a performance degree um, uh, in violin uh, in college. And after college, I started um, kind of subbing with symphonies and then uh, playing on the weekends in bands. and. Uh, just kind of grew from there. Um, I started playing with um, Susan Gibson, who wrote Wide Open Spaces, and another songwriter called Slate Cleaves. And then, um, you know, Kelly Willis, Bruce Robinson. Um, still done, I've still done some uh, like class orchestral stuff. Um, I was in an orchestra that backed up Diana Ross. And um, so, I don't know, I kind of over time uh, kind of got more into playing with songwriters and um, you know, eventually picked up the gig with Steve Earle and uh, uh, it's treated me pretty well. <clears throat> and um, I guess along the way, I started writing songs too. Right. How long have you been playing with Steve Earle now? Uh, since uh, 2010. Okay. Gotcha. That's a, that's a good run. That's pretty awesome. And then Bonnie, what about you? What, um, can you just give us a little bit of background on, on your career too? Uh, well, my, my parents started me out, I think when I was about five on violin, which was a terrible idea because Eleanor already had, you know, six years plus advance on me <laughs> at that point. Right. Um, sorry, Eleanor, I should have said a few years. Um, uh, but I switched over to bass, um, when I was about eight and then started playing cello as well after that. And, um, interesting with that to me is that like they were both in bass club, but I can only read music on cello, not bass. <laughs> um, uh, but I started playing bass with uh, other people outside of my family when I was like in high school and moved to Austin when I was about 18 and met Shelly King and she introduced me to um, a lot of really cool people and um, including Carolyn Wonderland and um, I also played with Susan Gibson and Hayes Carl for a bit. So I was a Sunny Sweeney. I did a, a stint with her, Justin Towns Earl. Um, I've kind of done dabbled a lot as a, a sideman as well as uh, started writing songs. And um, I put out my first uh, record when I, in 2010 um, and just been kind of pursuing that sort of ever since. Um, also do uh, work fairly regularly with uh, uh, Jimmy Dale Gilmore and uh, I've played uh, on John Marlin's last two records or it's 
last record and one that's going to be coming out here soon. Right. You're obviously a multi-instrumentalist, but what, what do you think is your main instrument? Bass. Okay. And did you start, did you start on electric bass or, or upright? Electric. Okay. I, I think my dad had every intention of having me play upright. I just thought it was too large yeah. and I was pretty petite at the time. That's why yeah. I like cello. That's what <laughs> but I, was I used to take my violin and I would play it like a cello. Um, so at least my parents got the point that, um, I, I needed to go in a, in a slightly different direction. Um, and I kind of like, you know, watched what Eleanor did and sort of like, okay, well, let me see if I can figure out the, a different way of approaching it. So I didn't, my, I was never really that great at school. So I just kind of started working at it. And I had a, a residency in Austin at Momo's back in the day with a friend of mine. And uh, I have another one now at the Continental Club uh, in the gallery upstairs every Thursday. That's awesome. I just started learning cello myself. Yeah. I play guitar for most of my life, but um, I'm, I, I've always loved that instrument. And so I'm, I'm learning it right now. It is hard. <laughs> it's hard to play it live. That's the, I had a I had like one and only one gig with Cat Power <laughs> playing cello and I couldn't hear myself at all. And I was like, this doesn't work for me, but I still do some studio work and Moreland's kind enough to let me put that in my eight string bass on weird tracks and stuff. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on my Boeing right now. That, that pressure is mm -hmm. such a weird, yeah, it doesn't come natural for sure. Yeah. So what made you guys decide to uh, do this record together? Kind of time. Yeah, the time. Um, we definitely have to thank uh, Chris Masterson for giving us the push uh, to do it. It's something that we've talked about for a really long time. And um, I don't know why it hadn't occurred to us yet during the pandemic. Um, but uh, I guess, you know, about nine months into the pandemic um, in December, Bonnie reached out and she wanted to come out to Los Angeles, which is where Chris and I live, and um, just kind of take a vacation. Yeah, she wanted to take a break from her uh, situation and um, join our pod. And uh, Chris was like, you're not just going to come and sit on the couch, are you? You guys need to write, make a record. Um, and I was like, that's a great idea. <laughs> so we uh, we started writing over Zoom uh, leading up to her coming out. And then, um, you know, that, that definitely made it possible for us to get the songs together before she came out. Right. So how was the, the record made? Um, did you guys do it in like a traditional studio or how did that work? Um, Chris and I have a pretty good set of gear at home uh, for recording. Um, we do a lot of remote session work. Um, we can't track uh, a rhythm section, um, but we can do all the other instruments. And so uh, we did the vocals and the acoustic guitar tracks first. And um, so a lot of the singing um, between the two of us is live. And then we took those tracks into a larger studio in Los Angeles called the Station House. And then Bonnie and the drummer, uh, Jamie Douglas, um, laid down the rhythm tracks live. And it was kind of an interesting way to work because most records I've made, you track the song live with the band, you've got a scratch vocal, and then you go and, you know, overdub all that stuff and fix, fix those things. But we had um, final vocals to listen to. Um, while we were building the other tracks, which was really nice. And um, I think Bonnie and Jamie were still able to capture a lot of the live elements by laying down the drums and the bass together. So um, it was a pretty nice way to work. 
Yeah, for sure. It sounds really, really good. I'm, I'm interested in the um, this. The, it, I was doing some reading about the the album and uh, this idea of blood harmony um, it came up. And I, I think that's such an interesting thing of, of um, people who are related singing together and there being some kind of connection to there. I was just wondering what you guys thoughts are on, on that whole thing. Um, I, I think it's our superpower, honestly, like that's uh, it's it's a, a lot easier for sure to uh to sing with my sister you know we've we always have and we just blend together and and you know i i i feel like we get to still be our own voices whereas like other people that we have to sing with you might have to like kind of adapt their um style in order to blend with them better and it's just it's very natural and very easy to do yeah, Bonnie and I have a lot of similar subtleties in our voice, and it's just I, it's just the easiest person for me to sing with. <laughs> we have the same vibrato. Sure. Yeah, yeah, they, they blend really, really well together. It's it's fun to listen to. So um, I wanted to talk about the song Learn to Fly because that song just blew me away. Um, I, w- I was really enjoying it the first time I listened to it. I was like, oh, this is cool. And then when it goes to that chorus and it just builds and it, it flies away. Oh, my God. I loved it. So I, I wonder if you could just talk about that song a little bit. It's time to I feel like uh, I I had kind of had the the idea in my head, and, and but it wasn't right yet. And that was one that I sat down with Eleanor, and she really just helped me hammer it out and make it uh, capture that sort of essence of you know, sort of a melodic, literal version of what it what it feels like to fly. You know, our dad is a pilot, and he taught both of us how to fly. Um, and so I don't think that that song could have been written from another perspective. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's incredible for sure. Well, I also liked uh, hurting for a letdown and it, it reminded me of nineties country. And uh, I've been noticing this, this theme that there's, I don't, there's a bit of a nineties country thing You're happening right now. Yeah, yeah. And I love it. Nineties in general, I think are just, you know, full fledged. It's in. back now. <laughs> it is, yeah. Speaking of school, all my, my, my female students are all about the, the, the mom jeans and like nineties fashion right now. And it's oh, weird. Yeah. It's weird to come back. <laughs> my country, wife, country then. That's true. Yeah. That's incredible. Like it was real fiddle and, and, and banjo. Yeah. So did and, you guys like nineties country? I mean, is that, is that a, an influence on, on you guys growing up? Oh yeah. We, I listened totally. to that riding around in the car with my dad, um, all the time. I mean, that's just kind of some of the main radio stations that we listened to, um, driving. And then I was always looking for, um, like different fiddle players to study. And, you know, I would hear, um, I would listen for the fiddle players on George Strait records and, and learn those, those licks. And that's how I got obsessed with Johnny Gimbel and started studying Western swing. So not really 90s country, but <laughs> no, was it more like Bob Wills? Did you get into Bob Wills in the 90s? Yeah, that, yeah, that led me down the Bob Wills wormhole. Oh, okay. so. Yeah, I'm just discovering that whole catalog. Like I was aware of it, but I'm just kind of starting to dig into it. And it's incredible. Yeah. 
Donnie Gimble's solo on George Strait's version of Right or Wrong is like the best fiddle solo of all time. And that is a Will's tune, but it's obviously a more modern version of it. But Johnny Gimble is just the absolute king of swing. Huh. Oh. All right. So good. That's a good thread. I'm I think to... Go the ahead. Chicks was also something that, you know, was prevalent That's at that time. And, and us being from Denton as well was like, we were more aware of them before the populace knew them as, hmm. You know. Yeah, for sure. They had a huge impact on on that whole scene. Well, I also liked uh, the the, the song, the the ballad of Sissy and Porter. And um, I'd like to hear more about um, how that song was written and and kind of what that song came from. Golden morning cage and That was one that I actually brought to the table as a complete um, tune. I had written it um, with Bonnie Montgomery at the House of Songs a few years, or a couple years ago, I should say. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously this record is called Ghost Stories, and there's multiple ways in which you can interpret that. Um, this one is a little bit literal. It's a story, it's kind of my story of uh, a friend of ours, Chris Porter, who passed away. Um, so that was, I was wanting to, um, well, since it said they, the Mastersons also wrote a beautiful song and I kind of felt like they already created the perfect song for Porter. And so, um, Bonnie helped me kind of just sit down and, and, uh, and write the, the story of, of our relationship and kind of was able to share, um, a little bit more of him and myself through that. Hmm. That's cool. I like yeah. that. Well, you also included a, a song by uh, Aaron Lee Tashian, who you played a show with last night, got to hang out with last <laughs> night. Um, and uh, I think that's awesome. I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of him. But um, yeah, I'm just interested in, in your relationship and, and how that whole thing kind of came to be. Chris and I met Aaron when we were living in New York um, around 2007, I want to say, um, maybe even earlier. Um, and uh, we just kind of got to know him and uh, both him and Kevin Kenny living in New York. And um, we've written together over the years. Bonnie had written um, several songs with Aaron over the years for her records as well. And we've just been, you know, great friends. And then when Bonnie and I were making this record, we reached out to him to see if he wanted to write. And, um, he just said, well, how about this one? And he just sent a uh, big heart, sick mind over. And, and he had, it was a completely produced and recorded song. It just like, it didn't fit or make it onto his most recent album. And I was like, you're not going to save this for like some other time. You're just going to give us the song. And, and, uh, so he gave it, he gave it to us. And then, um, you know, he, he commented that, um, 
it kind of took on a, a new meaning as a duet um, that he didn't think about um, when he recorded the song. So it's kind of cool to to be able to put a different spin on it. Um, but yeah, we've been buddies with Aaron for a long time and he was very generous to throw us that one. Yeah, that's amazing. It's a great song. I love it. We, I was telling him about the Americana radio thing. They plugged it on that. And I was like, scored a 10, Aaron. He was very excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His, his last album was fantastic, too. It was good stuff. So good. And the, the co-write that he did with Yola. I'm just glad to see that doing really good, having a lot of love from it. Yeah, I saw that a little bit on Instagram this week. That It's been uh, getting some attention. That's pretty awesome. It was like the number one played Song Americana. on Americana? Yeah. Yeah. Was that was that Diamond Studded Shoes? Is that the, yes. the he okay. I, I played that song on my radio show quite a bit. I loved it. It's cool. So good. <laughs> so much good music out there. I feel like we live in this golden age of music and a lot of people seem to not understand there's just so much good stuff out there. You know, it's it's kinda of blows my mind. Yeah. For sure. All right. Well, um, you got the album coming out in January, and um, I was wondering if you guys are gonna. I know everything's you know bizarre with COVID and 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 everything, but uh, do you guys have plans to tour with the album, or uh, what are your plans on as far as that goes? We do have plans to tour uh, right after the release date. We're going to be going over to Europe if things don't fall apart. It's honestly not looking very good over there. Um, a lot of shutdowns, uh, bars closing at eight, shows moving to the afternoon. So it's looking a little shaky um, to go to Europe right now, to be honest. Um, we haven't made any changes as of this moment, but um, you know, it's 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 pretty frustrating to have to schedule stuff um, and reschedule things over and over. But um, you know, if that doesn't happen, we'll figure something else out. And um, we have plans to uh, be on the Outlaw Country Cruise uh, in February, um, and then continue our touring in the spring, uh, throughout the U S um, be out this summer with Steve Earle, um, opening for him. And, um, so yeah, lots of touring, hopefully on the books. Um, if everybody can keep doing their job and <laughs> stay safe, it's just a little hard in the mass gathering business. Um, you know, it's a little, little difficult to, to gather. <laughs> safe. For sure. Uh, so is the plan for you guys um, uh, to, to, to like open for Steve Earl? Um, That's the plan. Okay. And would you have like a whole band or would it be just you two together? Or? Uh, probably just the two of us along with possibly Chris. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. He may not want to work that hard. It might just be the two of us. But obviously, he'll be out with us <laughs> playing with Steve. So uh, we haven't decided that yet. Twist his arm a little bit. Get him out there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, he'll come out on a few songs or something. Or if he's feeling it that night, right. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Sit in. Right. So if people want to find out more about you guys and the project and all that kind of stuff, what, what's the best place to find you online and um, look you up? We're most active on Instagram at the Whitmore sisters. Uh, we're also on uh, Twitter and Facebook and um, our website is the Whitmore sisters.com. All right, cool. Well, that's all the questions I had for you. Is there anything else you wanted to uh, throw in there before we go? I was just going to say, in order to pre-order the record, they should definitely go to the website. All right. Is it coming out on vinyl? Yes. Awesome. It's a purple. Like a lavender purple. Lavender swirl. Nice. That's cool. I love, I love that everything's coming out on vinyl. I got a whole vinyl set up in my living room. It's fantastic. 
Yeah, I, I think we got it right before Adele did too. So yeah, <laughs> we're got it right before Adele uh, used up <laughs> a while. <laughs> hey, at least you got rid of that shuffle button on uh, Spotify. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, I heard too that there's um, uh, from other bands that ordering vinyl is just crazy right now that they have to go like go to Europe to get them and stuff. And it's just weird. Yeah, the supply chain is a little messed up right now. It's always been a little bit tough, but it's definitely worse at the moment. Yeah. So pre-order and get that stuff early. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you sitting down and and chatting with me. The album sounds amazing and I wish you the best of luck with everything. Thanks so much for having us. We appreciate it. Thanks to Eleanor and Bonnie for chatting with me. Check them out online and hopefully on tour. And while you're at it, like and subscribe to my show. Leave a comment and follow me on Instagram and Facebook. And share the show with a friend. It really helps the show reach a wider audience. Until next time, everybody, have a good one. Bye.